Good morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for uh, this Sunday, September 17th, right? It is a no Browns football day, but it is the first Buffalo Bills Sunday football. So hopefully they get back on track. Uh, The Browns, very quiet this year. I like it. See, I like being quiet. I like the quiet. It's been a few years in a row now. There's been a lot of noise around the Brownies. A lot of people talking about them. For a couple years there, it was good stuff. Right? Remember Baker looked good one year. Then you had Odell and uh, Jarvis Landry were both going to be healthy, and it was, like, going to be good. Right? And so there was good hype, and they blew that. Then there was bad hype with Deshaun Watson. Now there's no hype, good or bad. Nobody cares. And you know what? I love it. Uh, For the Bills, that was ugly. I'm not just talking about Aaron Rodgers' Achilles. The whole thing was ugly. Best joke I heard all week was that uh, it was so kind of Josh Allen to step in and play quarterback for the Jets after Aaron Rodgers went out with an injury. (laughs) That's pretty good. But hopefully, again, back on track today, right? Back on track today. Okay. All right. Big interview today. Very exciting. Carrie Hesney. A uh, wonderful woman who is a not only professional auctioneer, but actually the 2023 Auctioneer of the Year here in New York State. We'll get to her in just a couple of minutes. I've known her for years and, and honestly had kind of flirted with the idea of having her on the podcast for like two, three years at this point, and it finally happened. So I'm excited about that. Um, the uh, uh, the thing I wanted to tell you, quick entrepreneurship business slash keep your head up emotional roller coaster, what it's like to run a business story that I want to share with you, though, before we go into the carry interview. And I do have a plug as well, which I'll get to after this. But I had one of the most emotional roller coaster weeks I've had in business, and I've had plenty of them uh, this past week, where on Monday of this past week, we had what can only be described as an absolute shit show at work. Like we just, we had in, you know, people ask me all the time, they go, have you ever had to throw away a whole kettle of sauce? And the truth is very rarely, usually if anything were to go, well, first of all, usually nothing goes wrong, but if something were to go wrong once in a great while, something will go wrong. I can usually save it, you know? Uh, and you might say, what does he mean save it? Like, let's say somebody put a little extra salt in. I can usually figure out a way to reconfigure the recipe to, to sort of bring the rest of the ingredients in the recipe up to correct for the extra salt. You see what I'm saying? Um, that's like the, a type of thing that might happen occasionally. But people will say, do you ever dump a kettle of sauce? And it's really rare, but this week... On Monday, we did probably for, I'm going to guess, like the third or fourth time since I've owned Craft Cannery, dumped an entire 100-gallon kettle of sauce. It was unsavable. It was for uh, another client, different brand, very well-known in Rochester. Uh, it's tomato sauce, marinara sauce, and um, we were also running right next to it, we were running a uh, Guglielmo butternut squash sauce, so two different sauces next to each other. And Guglielmo's butternut squash has dairy in it. It's got cream in it. So this is high alert situation, right? You've got an allergen next to a non-allergen, right? The marinara's got no allergen, major allergen that is, and the butternut squash does have an allergen. So everyone's on kind of high alert. And and the one thing that just can't happen happens. And what happens is a the gentleman who is uh, loading the kettle full of product accidentally takes some of the heavy cream that's set to go in the butternut squash kettle and he puts it into the uh, other one the marinara kettle can't really save that you've just introduced an allergen to a product that does not have an allergen and not only have you ruined the recipe but you've added an actual dangerous thing to it so no saving that had to dump it out later in the day we got a quality complaint again i'm proud to say pretty rare not unheard of. We've been in business nine, ten years at this time. I'm not going to tell you we've never done anything wrong. Of course we have. But we get a quality complaint. So all on the same day, we dump a kettle and we get a quality complaint all in one day. The quality complaint was not that big of a deal. It was um, residue on the outside of a jar, basically. It was that the, it, a jar had some spillover and it looks like in production we just didn't clean that. That'll happen from time to time, but usually we clean that before it leaves the building. Um, and this time it just didn't get cleaned. And so, you know, somebody got their hands on a jar that had like like sauce, like dried old sauce on the outside of it. It's just bad, right? It's just bad. It sucks. It really sucks. 
you wish it couldn't happen, but at the same time, you look around and you go, look, you know what? He without sin, right? Cast the first stone. We're not perfect. Thursday of this week, I had the exact opposite situation. On Thursday of this week, I got three new items greenlit with a very major client. Three brand new items greenlit. One of which is greenlit for like tomorrow. One of which it's like we need it ASAP and they, they want it by the end of September. The other two you'll see like in the spring. Um, green, three new items greenlit. Huge deal. Big, big, big day, right? Later in the day, almost nighttime now. I had my New York kitchen class Thursday night. That's actually where I recorded the carry interview. So Thursday night then, I'm at my cooking class. I check my email at one point. In my email is a production order, a PO we call it, from a client. It, unrelated to what I just told you. It has nothing to do with the three items that got greenlit by the other client. This is by another big client. Again, both these clients I'm talking about are clients you have definitely heard of, but for confidentiality reasons I can't name. But two different clients. Second client sends me what I can only describe as the largest PO I have ever received in my entire life. Guglielmo's, Craft Cannery, whatever, period. Largest production order I've ever received in my life. Thursday night. And it shows what it's like to own a freaking business, doesn't it? It just shows the emotional roller coaster of ups and downs, of getting your ass kicked and punched in the stomach, and then the very next day you're as high as it gets. And I think the moral of the story, it's a corny it's a corny moral. It's one we've all talked about. We all know what it is. You probably already know what I'm going to say, right? The lows are not as low as you think they are. The highs are not as high as you, th- you think they are. you got to keep your head on straight. And you just got to weather both storms. Don't get too low. Don't get too high. Keep your eye on the prize, baby, right? Right. So little stuff like that and more. This Tuesday, September 19th, I will be hosting a happy hour with the group called Bossing, B-O-S-S-I-N-G. Bossing, it actually was a female entrepreneur group called Bossy, which does still exist, but uh, but it, not anymore. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yes, still does exist. Oh, my God, what am I trying to say? No, they're going to kill me if they hear this. It does still exist, but it's not just for females anymore is what I meant to say. They've now created bossing, which is the exact same thing, but now for males. And so this Tuesday night at 6 p.m., I will be at Marshall Street Bar and Grill hosting a happy hour. There will be some light appetizers and stuff on us. Uh, you can RSVP to bossingrock at gmail.com. That's bossingroc at gmail.com. One more time, that is B-O-S-S-I-N-G-R-O-C at gmail.com. I hope to see you there. And without further ado, let's get to the star of the show, the 2023 Auctioneer of the Year, my friend, Carrie Hesney. We were, uh, I guess we don't have to explain why, although we will, but, so we're on now. I just want to give you that warning. Okay. Uh, we were talking about hibachi. Yeah. How about this? This is the ultimate fat guy thing. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I have a lingering hibachi injury. <laughs> you have both of your eyebrows, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We went on a cruise in January of this year, and we went to the hibachi restaurant for lunch one day, and I was sitting on the corner, and I was just positioned in a way where, like, my knee, like, I just, I was, you ever sit at a table and there's no leg room, yeah. and you like, you have to, like, contort your legs? I don't contort. I don't know if you can tell by looking at me. <laughs> So I sat with my knee in a weird way for an hour, and it still, 
is like I think I kind of pulled ha- low key. I think I pulled something in my knee. Need some yoga. Hibachi injury. Hibachi injury. You don't hear that every day. You don't. No, or you at least think that maybe I got an egg to the face or something. But no, <laughs> it was actually it was a great dinner. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank I'm great. you for doing this. I'm so excited. Are you a Geneva native? I am. Born, raised, and uh, now raising my two little girls there. Geneva's an awesome city. I love it. Yeah. Uh, the lake, it's beautiful. Uh, it's, you live it's, in a vacation It's area. a destination now. Yeah. It is really on the map for wine and, and food now, I feel like. Does it like, I mean, when you grew up there, does it feel like it's that you live in vacation land? It just feels like Geneva. Yeah. It just feels like home. Yeah. Even no, though it, it didn't. It's starting to feel like that more now, though, because yeah. in the summer, like you really notice the tourist difference. Oh, yeah. Well, here, too. And by, I should say we're recording it in Canandaigua at the New York Kitchen just before one of my classes. Same thing with New York Kitchen, like in the summer, Memorial Day to Labor Day, this joint is hopping. Yeah. Walked in here just now. You know, it's a Thursday. What is it? A Thursday in September? Yeah not really happen right like it's you know it will kind of tonight like once people get out of work the restaurant and the class but in the summer this joint is yeah hopping it's it is it is vacation land we live in vacation or you live in vacation land i live in brighton (laughs) 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 well thanks for doing this though thanks for coming to canandaigua too absolutely uh so uh this is a podcast so you know how on the radio we had to do like an intro like we're here with carrie hesney from hesney we don't have to do that because they know it they clicked on it it. yeah they click it they already know what they're clicking on so we're good (laughs) okay so i want to start at the beginning and then i want to talk about auctioneering okay you're born in geneva uh let's talk about I guess let's talk about the business first and then maybe you second so the business first what was the earliest form of Hesney auction company who founded it when was it founded where was it founded okay so Hesney auction company started in 1981 my dad uh, who's Joe Hesney and uh, but before that we there was a business Hesney antiques that my grandfather had my grandpa and grandma Joe and Doris uh, who uh, are no longer with us, but we miss them every day. Did you know them? You grew up with them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And uh, just a huge part of their their legacy lives on through us every day. And I'm just so grateful for them and and the business that they taught us and taught me. um, You know, really, we live by that every day. How long did you have them? Like, how old were you when they passed? Um, My grandpa, uh, Joe, passed away in 2020. Okay. Oh, so very just recent. Recent. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. my grandmother was um, 2019. Right oh, okay, that, okay, back to back. Oh, I'm Are sorry, that's really recent. But, um, yeah. but so you had them for a long time. I did, yeah. and and well, my my oldest daughter Lucy got to meet um, my grandmother and grandfather, and then oh. my my daughter Evelyn yeah um, got to meet my big papa as they call him so they started an antique company and and it was the early days of that was just basically buying and selling antiques yeah used furniture antiques used furniture uh jewelry uh had a huge storefront in downtown geneva uh and then i think just between buying and selling and and doing the furnitures and through auction uh my dad worked full-time with my grandpa and uh then went to missouri auction school in 1981 and they changed it to husney uh, auction antiques and auction company. And by that time, your dad's involved, right? Yep. So, so 1981 is his first day, like on the job. His first day as auction when as he auction, started okay. as auctioneer. Got it, Always got worked it, got with it. my my grandpa. Yeah. Um, you know, previous to, actually before that, my grandpa had a my grandparents had a shoe store. Oh, cool. Hesney Family Shoes. Ah, cool. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they did a little bit of everything, I think. Well, so 1981s, they they made 1981. They kind of pivot to we're an auction company now. What does that actually mean to say we're an auction company? Well, what they did then is they had um, they had the storefront was in the front, and then in the back they made an auction uh, gallery, like an auction center, where they have a stage and they would set up all the merchandise and hold. I think at that point, I mean it's a little before me. Yeah. Uh, I think at that point it would be like weekly auctions. Uh, and I grew up. I mean, I'm I'm an auctioneer through and through. I grew up. I I have. You know, you grew up breathe in this and eat and yeah. sleep sleep auctions my whole life, and and would go be at the auction company, be at the store, um, 
before school, sometimes after school. And uh, how do you de- how do you decide what what at that time? I, and I, I get that you weren't there, but how do you decide what is in the front of the store with the price tag on it, and what's what's going to the back? Is it the stuff that's not selling goes to the I, back? I think it? that um, all all of our all of my dad's auctions and our auctions have typically and always been consignment based. Okay. So um, rather than something that was just bought and sold retail, you'd consign items or sell on behalf of an estate. Yeah. Uh, which is Got still, it. you know, what we do to this day. Everything that we sell is consignment based. Yeah. Yeah. So now to, to kind of tangle between the, profe- the the business growing up and you growing up, you're born in there somewhere, right? And you come up in the business. And so by the time you come up, you've got dad, and, and grandpa, and everyone's an entrepreneur, right? Everyone's running a, a business. So all you really knew was entrepreneurship. Was your mother in the business or? Um, she's always helped out in auctions. She actually ran a business in downtown Jima too, uh, JW Smith, which was a nice. furniture store. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, JW Smith is a old, uh, was an old dry goods store. It was a uh, staple it, way before all of our times in Geneva. And she, they redid that. My parents said I can remember being there uh, late at night, and they'd be working on it, um, repainting everything themselves, and yeah. and just just watching watching how hard they worked to get that store open and started. And it was um, that was new furniture. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like. Uh, oriental rugs, uh, new new fancy kind of furniture type place. By the way, I just realized how ignorant I am. We're sitting outside, and like I'm comfortable. Are you freezing right no, now? Are you no, okay? I'm okay, all right. I am. <laughs> I was worried you're freezing. No, you look no, like you're bundled I, I know up. I know I am sitting like I <laughs> am, right. but I'm not. Because <laughs> I was going to say we could go inside. All right. Uh, uh, so back. To, so, but what I was going with that is you grew up with entrepreneurs at the, at the kitchen table every night if they made it home for dinner, right? That was that's like. Can you talk about being the child of entrepreneurship? Because I have to imagine at some point you became aware of the roller coaster that it can be to own a business. The highs, the lows, the good times, the bad times. I mean, were you in tune to all that, or did they shield you from that, or what? You know, you're definitely in tune, in tune to all that, and um, you know that um, you know. It's, that's such it's a good hard. question. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. hard. It's a good look, question. Look at me, the professional with my phone not on. <laughs> my phone on uh, freaking. You'll have to ask your son so. that someday. Um, yeah, I, it's, it is. It's, you know, you're into it, but you don't know any different. So I don't know if it, it's hard to say one way or another, People right? Because you don't know who, yeah. a different way. That's just how it was. And sometimes we had dinner later and sometimes we went out a lot because we, we had two businesses that were closing, um, but they were there and my parents were there and they made time when they were always at my school things. And because, you yeah. know, when you do own your own business, as you know, you don't always have the choice, but you do have uh, a little leeway and the opportunity to make that schedule and to make it work and I do the same thing to this day with with my yeah. kids yeah yeah you know, it's it's got some incredible perks there's no doubt about it yeah. you want to go to lunch on Wednesday you can go to lunch on Wednesday right but also like if so if shit hits you're the making fan, it up on a Saturday exactly night. Yeah. and if shit hits the <laughs> fan you're there no matter what time of day it is or yeah. whatever um so it's interesting that you got to see that now as you be- become then into your formative years you're a teenager late teens early 20s were you 100% always, I'm going into the family business? Or was there a minute where you thought, let me there, look around a little? There actually was probably zero minutes that I thought this is what I would be doing really? this day. Um, and most people suspect that um, because I grew up in, and my dad was an auctioneer, that I must have auctioned all the time. I must have tried. I went to auction school when I was 24 years old. And I swear to god this is true i had never auctioned before that i had never even tried. wow you were what was that typical of the other kids I, in the class you know, or were I, they? not really yeah <laughs> i don't know it, it um it, it's just i had never really thought i wanted to do that i i went to school for two years and for fashion marketing and i thought yeah. oh i want to do you this. are very fashionable I, thank you i think now that you say that i you always are like dressed to the nines thank you like i remember that when i saw you auction at the make-a-wish foundation gala and i remember Alzheimer's. just oh, oh that was Alzheimer's. oh i'm sorry i you know what is same room and like three weeks apart so i'm making alzheimer's but anyway but i when i saw you uh, auction at the all alzheimer's gala and i remember just you were so elegant oh, thank you, you really looked like you belong in hollywood like oh. it was yeah and even right now like this is just thursday <laughs> afternoon and you look like you're in a magazine thank like, you. But, so anyway i get now that you say that it all adds up well for i sure. thought that's what i was gonna do and i i, I had this this grand idea that i, I wanted to to be in the fashion industry and um, 
maybe marketing and, and something like that. And then once I uh, got into it, I started working retail. And a few years into that, I realized I don't want to do this ever yeah. again. Yeah. Like this is this is not what it. I am. Yeah. This is this isn't fun. Um, and ironically, I had just started dating, who's now my husband. And my dad kept saying, you sure you want to go to auction school? You sure you want to go to auction school? And I thought, no, no. Uh, and then I stopped saying no, but I wasn't saying yes. And one night, Tim, my, my husband, Tim, said, what do you got to lose? Just, you know, sure. why not? And he said that, and it kind of just this light bulb went yeah. off. And I thought, what do I have to lose? Yeah, you're right. So I went. I went to Missouri Auction School, same auction um, school as my dad, and, and same age, ironically, 24 years old. Um, Tell me about auction school. Like, what's it, what do you do in auction school? So, um, auction school it's it's like a two week program, more yeah. like. But it's it's you are, it is regimented. I mean, it is like seven a.m. to eight p.m. Yeah. And you are are just it's um and it's a we had a we had a big class. I think it's a, a lot of the programs are a little smaller now, but I think there was like one hundred and twenty five of us at that that um, time period when I went, and there was like eight girls. Yeah. So, I mean, as you probably can already imagine, this is a very male-dominated industry. I mean, when you think of an auctioneer, what you're do you, right. you think no, you're of right. probably like... Yeah. Now I think of you, but a, before... A guy in a cowboy hat. True. You know, well, and, and you think of that. Oh, but, 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 yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I, and there's a lot of guys in cowboy hats that I know very well that are auctioneers, and they're and they're amazing. But um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, so I, I was... Young, you know, and I, I walk in this thing, and, and also I was considered a Yankee. I learned when I went there, there's <laughs> yeah. no one from that's like this north or, yeah. or, or you know, east, I guess, or however you want to put it, but yeah. they call it both ways. And, um, you know, they're everybody's got an accent, and I, I'll think I'm from New York City, and yeah. you know, yeah. and you, you know, you hear New York, and you're as soon yeah. as you're out of New York State, and that's what everybody thinks, yeah. and um. Yeah, it, it's. What are? Give me an example of like a come some of the drills you did. Okay, so the first thing we did at auction school, the first thing they teach you is they give you this sheet and it's a it's a poem and you're like, what am I in like, kindergarten? Like what is this? And I'm thinking and I remember thinking there's there's signs actually in the room probably that say please remove your cowboy hat during class. Oh yeah. And did I you thought, take off your cowboy hat? No, I, yeah, my cowboy hat. <laughs> and I thought, what am I? What did I sign myself up for? Like what am I doing here? And they say everybody stand up at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like terrified and nervous because you're like what in the world and they're saying and they're gonna clap their hands and they said we're gonna do Betty Botter and I'm like okay and the instructor and they so you got 115 people and they're all clapping their hands like keeping a beat and they do Betty Botter bought some butter but she said this butter's bitter if I put it in my batter so it goes on well and they just you did that for 10 minutes and is I'm that like, a warm-up? It's is a warm-up. It gets okay. you on. And then after that, Betty Botter, then you practice numbers. Simple, right? 5, 10, 15, 20. And then they give you a sheet, two and a half. And you're looking at two and a half? I can't do two and a half. So they want you to run it up and backwards. Two and a half, five, seven and a half, ten, twelve and a half, fifteen. Oh, and yeah. really all it is, it's memorization Yeah. and running it up and back down. Yeah. And before you know it, you're at... Betty Butter bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it'll make my batter bitter. So she bought a bit of better butter, put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter better. So just better Betty Butter bought a bit of better butter. Buster Rhymes <laughs> in the house. So have you ever considered a hip hop career? No, but my my <laughs> husband says that I'm a dope ass rapper. <laughs> you are, hell yeah, that was great, man. And and then the same thing with numbers. It's just it's just memorization, right? So that two and a half that I was like, a you know deer in the headlights with I thought yeah. you can do your next thing you know you, you're doing it forwards and backwards and same with fives and, and what, tens why and though why does why is that a thing why did you know two and a half five seven and a half ten like fast? why yeah like why is that okay, a thing okay so well maybe not at some of the fundraising auctions because there's less items but yeah. picture a, an actual um, and let's talk about it like an estate auction you're oh. selling hundreds you're so, you could be selling an entire household that oh, day so it, but an it, equipment auction it's if a you volume don't, thing if, it's a yeah. volume thing because the, the auction right method of marketing the whole beauty of a live auction is to sell as many items as possible for the highest value um, that, that you can mm -hmm. and that's and, and and with that said, that's where the term like auction fever, right? So you, we talked about just now being at the Alzheimer's Association um, gala, and I think I sold, I don't know, four or five four items. Four or five items, yeah. And it. then we do the pal rates, but with the four or five items, 
you've been asked before. You've been up there where they have a maybe like a personality or a, or an MC to do the auction, and it's it's cool. And you're you yeah. know, do I have three fifty? Yeah. 400. Thank you. 400. And, I forget, like, and, you, and then at. you're like forgetting where. But that's <laughs> that's the beauty of a of having a professional auctioneer, right? You and I'm sure you kind of you felt that difference. Oh, I saw it at a heartbeat. Yeah. So so you know when you have, uh, I'll pick on you because you're right. Yeah, you can say pick that. on me. You'd say oh 300 three oh no I mean 350 I have you at 350 totally. 400 yes. and then ladies and gentlemen it's auction time and you get up there and you can say all right I'm at 300 how's that 325 at 325 I would have been now 50 50 and everybody. <gasps> And I, you can feel the room like light up, and everybody sits up a little straighter. And they're also like, "Is that coming from her?" Yeah, yeah. Right, because they yeah. don't expect. They think I'm gonna get up there and do the same thing. Like they don't expect that fastness. And then you slow down. And you then catch. They, you catch their attention. Yeah. Like you captivate. And and the truth is, I don't know if you've ever, you've been in a, a million stages. Honestly, I have too. I will sometimes battle even just to get their attention. I mean, yeah. especially coming out right out of a cocktail hour. Oh, it's, it's hard. Like you can't get people to I, pay attention. I'm glad that you think that it looks, it's not easy. I mean, it is just as hard so for me, but that's why you got to come yeah. right out like, like a cannon. Like you're, yeah. you're coming and I, and that's why I always want to start with the live auction and just get it, get their attention. And that's also why you want to go go fast is because they want to continue that cocktail hour right yeah yeah totally, so yeah. so they still want to you want to get their money and you want to make sure that's the whole reason they're there yeah. but only thing i've ever seen work is let us pray if you have like a nun or a priest <laughs> or someone like if it happens to be of a religious affiliation yeah. and they're going to go up and say a prayer before that's the only thing i've ever seen that can actually get them get to the all be quiet, quiet. other yeah. than that they basically they'll just ignore you until they have oh, yeah, until they yeah. <laughs> but you have a harder time being ignored you're good <laughs> you're good um okay so what, last question about auction school what's the final exam um got it it's been a while um oh oh you i had to get up on a on a at a podium and uh, introduce like a fake auction and introduce why we're there, give terms and conditions. Because at a live auction, that's what, you know, and to be honest, all my auctions are online now. Except mm. My fundraising auctions are the only ones I do live. Our business is all, we're, we're strictly online auctions right now. It's just, it's just really what works for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how, that's how a live auction would start. You'd get up and, and introduce the auction, the terms and conditions, who you're working today, um, and your first item up for bid. And we sold, I think you sold, I sold three items, all fake things. I think yeah. I sold my, uh, I think I sold one of my dad, it was my dad's best friends. I, who is still with us, but I called it his estate because <laughs> I was just blanking on who do you, you know, what to use. And, uh, do you handle in, 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 uh, in school, did you handle it all hot crowds versus cold crowds? Like, because I mean, again, I'm sure you've dealt with a hot crowd where you're just like, this is this is moving, man. People are bid, but you have to have at some point also come across cold crowds. Absolutely. Where, like, have you, what is your strategy, or did you a did you learn about that, and b what have you learned in your profession to deal with cold crowds? Because it's tough. It is. They're hard. So, so I think the difference is at auction school, it's more you you're. You're hit with a lot in two weeks, um, yeah. and I probably don't even. If we were taught that, I wouldn't even remember that at this point. But what I do know is that um, we're avid members of the National Auctioneers Association, and I do furthering education for auction professional um, year, multiple times a year. Um, so I'm always my dad and I. We're always going to auction education and learning more auction marketing and and things like that so so that's definitely and i'm and i'm actually and my dad are certified uh graduates of the certified auctioneer institute stop bragging which is out (laughs) of indiana university okay so um that is a three-year program and that's where you learn something like that i mean they just immerse you you are um you know that they're just it's just auction education from from the moment you wake up to you go to sleep and um i i think the a big thing about having a hot and cold crowd is is you need to market and get yourself the right crowd you need to to market your event to have the crowd that you're right you need you're right um and and when you do have that cold crowd it's probably not the right crowd yeah you know you're 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 so right about that like we call them plants right like it's not that they're plants and and it's fake it's that we know so and so is famous for being a live auction person they always bid live auction Mm -hmm. we need to get those people in the room make sure they get the right the right people in your seats you do whatever you can to get those people in the room for sure and Mm -hmm. i've i've 
I'm on a couple gala committees. We've, in some cases, learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that happen for sure. Okay, so then you co- you you do auctions until you come back. Now it's time to build the business with your dad, right? Yeah. So it's you and dad. You guys are partners. How does that go? Most days? Yeah, yeah, most days. <laughs> really okay. well. No, yeah. It's tough it, working with family. It is, it's tough. It is. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, he, he's the best. I mean, I, he literally is the hardest working person I've ever known in my life. Yeah. I, I just, he, he still is. And everybody's saying, are you going to retire? Why don't you let her take over retire? You know what? I, when he listens to this, he, he's not going to retire. He doesn't want to. <laughs> he's going to miss me too much. No, he, he can't sit still, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, working with him every day is just, was, him bringing me on calls daily, you know, when, when we'd be going to check out auctions and just watching um, how he treated people and, and the questions he would ask and, and just really, really watching uh, how he ran the business and did things. And um, He's very it, personable. It started, it started just with that real, like an apprenticeship almost, yeah. even though we didn't call it that, but really watching all that. And then now, now all of that, now the tables have turned a little bit and now like he leaves most of that in, in my hands. And I have seen that, um, shift, I guess you could yeah. say. Um, so what's the day to day today in 23, what's the day to day business like? What, what is the bread? What's your bread and butter today? Uh, we, it's, it's basically two auctions, our sportsman auctions. So firearms, ammunition, uh, hunting, fishing, uh, military, military collectibles, and then our coin and jewelry auctions. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we have a coin and jewelry auction every month. So we do twelve of those a year, and we have a sportsman auction about every six weeks. About 10 and is a year. that still all consignment? That's all all hundred percent consignment based. And is this just people? Is I don't I don't quite. I'm sorry if I'm very ignorant to that. Are you seeking them out? Are they seeking you out? Is a, a little, little bit of both? a little bit of both. Um, okay. So we we advertise. Um, we still advertise very heavily on the radio, especially yeah. for sportsman auctions. It yeah. really has worked for us, um, and it's hard obviously on social media to advertise for those types of things yeah um so we found our niche uh for and and just that uh, name recognition and we've really gotten gotten done that the awareness sure. out there yeah. and now people they know when they have those types of items where to go whether to buy or sell um and uh yeah, day to day to day for us now we we're technically closed to the public two days a week uh, but we're there. That's the days we set. We're setting up the gallery, yeah. setting up an auction. You know, there's always more things coming in, and we take open consignment hours on Wednesdays and Fridays, nine thirty to four, and Saturdays nine to eleven. And that means you can walk in. You walk in with your stuff, and we're yeah. we're prepared. Usually, my dad and I, and we've got uh, three three other employees and we're all just um taking in you know writing writing up the receipts and taking in items and you know it's busy wednesdays and fridays i mean we'll we'll have a line line of people tell me about that art though about people coming in i imagine you've seen a zillion items right and i imagine you've seen everything from something that even lights your eyes up where you're like oh that's gonna do well all the way down to like uh nobody's gonna gotta say no mm. sometimes do yeah Yeah. so i was gonna ask you learn how to say no thank you gracefully but but how do you well first of all how do you learn to immediately assess value because you can't just n- always be right when you... I mean, well, at this point, you're so seasoned, you probably are. <laughs> no. But, like, it's tough, right? I mean, Sometimes you don't we're know. We're good at a little bit of everything, but not experts at all. And you have to you have yeah. to know that, and, and you know where your strengths are. But the um, the the biggest thing is we sell on consignment, uh, you know, on a on different percentage base. But it's it's at the end of the day, it is an absolute auction. All of our auctions are unreserved. Um, so, you know, what they bring is, is what they bring. You know, we can give you a kind of a range. Um, depending on the type of item. I, I was more talking about how you assess value right oh. in that moment where I show up and I dump a box of stuff in front of you and it's grandma's, you know, grandma passed away. We just, here's her jewelry box. These earrings got to be worth something, right? And you're looking at them. How do you know in that moment those earrings are or aren't worth something? I mean, some to some I imagine you could tell, but other times I'd imagine, I mean, well, there's fake shit out there, oh, right? Yeah, there's yeah. Well, with with the jewelry, um, unless it's very, very, very old, most jewelry now, you know, we immediately would check, you know, is it marked 14 karat, 18 karat? We have uh, a gem tester, so we could test what diamonds or what, yeah. what sort of precious stone is in it, or if it's glass, you know, it, it comes up that way. Um, but... Uh, most of the, for the most part, a lot of people consigning their stuff, they 
Well, it go. I shouldn't say that. It actually goes both ways. You either mm-hmm. have you, people who know exactly what they have, and they'll tell you exactly what they have, and they pretty much are right, and they know what it's worth, mm-hmm. and they'll bring it in. Or there's people who have no idea, and we we try to. I, I find that auctioneers in in our line of business on both ends are like we're kind of like problem solvers right so we're 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 helping you sell sell merchandise whether you you know for for many different reasons for estate purposes uh there's there's a big need out there for right the the boomers are are, they've got houses five bedroom houses full full of items and for what one child could be out of state the other one already has a five-bedroom house full of stuff they don't want it so so we're there to to kind of help guide yeah. you and give you the right direction to go in. the baseball cards anything like that basketball Some, yeah we get bit. the baseball cards we don't we personally don't take anything except the old stuff now okay. for that because just the volume coming in i remember like i when i was a kid my my uh dad parents gave me a john elway rookie card and i i remember thinking through my entire teenage years like oh i'm set for life yeah one day i'll just sell that like I'll the make- princess die beanie baby <laughs> oh is that is that actually like no, a, no. no okay it's not but worth I anything i still get calls on beanie baby <laughs> okay all right well i always thought i was like Give set for life <laughs> one day you know a handful of years ago or whatever i like looked it up it's worth like a hundred dollars like maybe yeah like yeah. maybe a hundred hold on to it <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much i'm like ah, i got a john oway rookie i'm gonna be great oh my god i had a shaquille o'neal card too an lsu shaquille o'neal card i remember looking that up once it was worth like sixty dollars like, like at I, best i my grandpa at their store they used to have a whole counter of uh you know of sports cars and stuff yeah and i remember the Sha- I i didn't watch i was an only child too so i didn't even have like older brothers or I didn't really watch sports but it was like when Chicago Bulls were like oh, yeah. really like hot and we got a Dennis Rodman card and I like begged them I was like can I have this you know like <laughs> yeah. they were like you gotta work for it and I had to like work and save it and then yeah. finally I think one year I was like alright let me just I'll just get rid of this <laughs> yeah now, excuse my ignorance on this, but when it comes to the guns and the ammo and stuff like that, where does that come from? Is that people are same deal? People are trading same deal. in. Yep. Same no, deal. Yep. Well, not trade it, but consignment based. Consi- yeah. yeah. It's consignment based um, as well as they're well, they're still consigning it, but as well as coming from estates. Yeah. Right. So, dad, you know, or somebody passes away, and they've got a whole. You know, a lot of people have. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are ready. People, yeah. people are ready so, for the so uh, the end of the world. Sometimes, anyone ever bring anything in there? You look at it, and you're like, that is illegal. Like, 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 does that ever happen? Where you're like, uh, I cannot say. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you can't say. <laughs> I, I got to no, imagine. No, no, it, it's it's really not. It looks like I, it's like from a mob movie or something. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. I don't think you're allowed to have one. Is that a turret? <laughs> like, what is what are those things called? Like, I've not gotten uh, any. Um, that's a bazooka, bazooka sir. That's you know? yeah. what I was just gonna say. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. That's a grenade launcher. We can't, uh, yeah. Uh, you know what I remember from being on the Brother We show? We would do uh, sort of, I don't know, I'm afraid to call it <laughs> redneck news, is what we used to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were way more machetes used <laughs> that I ever thought existed. But weren't they always from Florida? It was always Florida. Yeah. So many machetes was. in Florida. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know how they got all those. I think machetes. all the redneck news though comes from Florida. <laughs> Forgive me for anyone. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Anyway, okay. So, all right. So, day to day, you and your dad, and from a business standpoint, it's hard to work with a family member. On the one hand, the good news is you have trust because that's your dad and mm-hmm. and you're his daughter so you know you're never going to screw each other over mm-hmm. that's a good thing to have but on the other hand because you're so close to each other i would imagine occasionally there's no problem button heads if yeah. it needs to happen you're not yeah. neither one of you're going to be shy button the head <laughs> <laughs> i mean from time to time you could have popped in um they were close and maybe heard some voices you know in there but um you know or or that or that 7 a.m or 10 p.m phone call to talk about you know where like if you worked with you know normally you wouldn't be making a business phone call to yeah. your boss or yeah, yeah. employee at 11 o'clock at night true but um, when it's your dad or your daughter yeah you could make that yeah. phone call or that's what we talk about at christmas you know? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah um okay so back to doing charity auctions i'm sorry i keep bouncing around how does that work then so regular business is just consignment right how does it work when an organization reaches out to you because this is your craft you're a professional you need to be paid However, it is a charity. You do want as much money as possible to go to the good cause. Absolutely. How does that kind of stuff so, work? So to be 
very clear. Um, our business, Hassany Auction Company, is separate. Um, when I, I kind of had learned to, um, I, I did a few charities here and there, and I was doing them with my dad, and I was like, oh, I love this. What a feeling. What a, yeah. what a, like, this is, this is something I really want to specialize in. I really want to do. So I kind of spread my wings and, um, went on my own a little bit and I started Carrie Hesney, uh, benefit auctions. And what I do is I, uh, and I got my designation through the national auctioneers association again nice, for nice. a benefit auction specialist. Nice. And, um, I, uh, I started doing more and more into this at, I mean, at this point, I'm doing about 30 a year uh, where uh, I work with uh, the nonprofits and I get to know I get to know them. I mean, I, I I like to say that I really put my whole heart into it because you just said, you you know, when doing these like it is a nonprofit and you want to help them and everybody, you know, you really do. They're all great causes. We talk about Make-A-Wish, talk about yeah. uh, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's Association, yep, yep. like all these things can can touch you and, and you have a. A, a, something that pulls you in yep. that makes you really care about it but then I add that extra layer where like what I can bring to the table is the whole reason you're there is for what to, to raise yeah, money right, like right? right your whole goal there is to raise money so you pay for it you, you're you're paying for the professionalism of your catering you have an event you you some people are putting a whole year. They, they have one event a year, right? One big event a year, a lot of these organizations. And people are putting everything right. into that. And and one big mistake that every once in a while that I do see is they'll put all this energy into every aspect of it except for the whole reason that they're there. And that reason yeah. is to raise money. And they got freaking Polly Googly. I'm up there going, can I get $200? And, Come on, it's a Red Wings suite. <laughs> Come on. And, and so what I like to bring to the table is like that – that um, that background, that professional background, and that uh, that training and the education, I I can bring to the table. And and there's not like a, a set price, but I I work, I make proposals, and I work with the organizations to um, you know how can we work together to make you the most money possible? Because I guarantee you, at the end of the day, um, you know, spending a little is gonna is gonna get you a lot further in the mm -hmm. long run. Mm -hmm. And it has. I have now some great relationships um, with the Boys and Girls Club, the Alzheimer's Association. I've been doing for years. I did a Make a Wish in Naples, Florida. That was just yeah, yeah. You know, life changing. And Na Naples feels like maybe that would be uh, a nice place to do an auction. Yeah, was it, it was, pretty? It was pretty. <laughs> it, was pretty <laughs> it was pretty incredible. I was doing the money sign was, with my yeah, fingers. Yeah. By was, the way, it was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. um, Junior Diabetes Research Foundation. I got kind of with them last year on a whim, and I've already signed contracts, and we're ready to do one for Rochester and for Syracuse this great, coming year. Great. Um, do you want? Do you want to uh, negotiate a deal right now? Yeah. <laughs> Big Brothers Big Sisters. Okay. Uh, let me see my calendar real quick. Uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters Gala this year is on Saturday, March 23rd. A Saturday? It's nice. a Saturday, March 23rd. I have so many Thursdays now. So Do you really have a lot of Thursdays? Thursdays is the new fundraising gala night. Really? I Starting next Thursday, I have four in a row. Wow. Four in a row. Are, the next you, four Thursdays I have. Off the top of your head, what are a couple of the organizations? I have, I have Boys and Girls Club. Okay. Next week, I have Flacra. It's actually my Flacra is out of Geneva in the okay. Ontario County. It's their 50th anniversary. It's their first time having an event, but right. theirs is on a Thursday. Um, I start with, oh, Ducks Unlimited. I do a ton of Ducks Unlimited chapters. They have, cool. those are a little different. They're still a nonprofit. It's yeah. a, um, but. What do they do, Ducks Unlimited? They, um. I mean, to put you on the spot, you want me to Google it? No, they are, <laughs> uh, they, they preserve the wetlands. Oh, like so no limit for the ducks. Yeah, that's exactly what this says. <laughs> yeah, it's a Good. it's a conservation. I didn't know if ducks was like an acronym. No, they or they do they um like Montezuma yeah. and they take care of all of that. Yeah, they do. You know, when I was a kid, my favorite game was Duck Duck Goose, and I regret that. That was not. <laughs> that, was bad. that was bad. It's bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, Big Brothers Big Sisters gal on a Saturday in March. I won't put you on the spot and ask you to commit right now, but I am board chair or I'm the chair. I shouldn't say board chair. I'm the chair of that ga of that committee. Absolutely. And I would love. To, for you to uh, bring your professionalism to our gala. I, I, uh, special I guest that. star. I can't break the news yet, but I will tell you off. We, we have a, every year we try to have a, a celebrity speaker. La it's at Oak Hill. Oh. And last year we had Sean McKeel, which most people will say, who? But 
Sean McKeel won the PGA Championship in 2003 at Oak Hill, which was why that made sense. So we had a former, you know, PGA champion. And remember with the PGA coming to Rochester, it was timely. It made a lot of sense. This year we have, and we always try to keep it some local tie, but this year we've got two deals in. We pretty much have 2024 and 2025 handshake agreements for both we just need the written agreements which is why i'm not saying the name okay. the names but two you know local athletes who made it very great who are professional athletes right. who are from the area yeah, yeah. i i could tell you right now yeah that date is open would could, could you pencil us I'm in and then we'll hammer out in. details in the near future oh wait uh-oh it's the 23rd uh, is a Saturday. Whichever what day, one the Saturday, whichever one the Saturday is, it, so we're talking about March, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 23rd then. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said 28th. 23rd. Yeah, yeah. 23rd at Oak Hill. I am actually at Oak Hill tomorrow. No. Oh, that's for, where that is. Um, Boy Scouts, Seneca Waterways Boy Scouts. Nice. Nice. They have a lobster fest. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oak Hill probably does. All their food is so fantastic. It's, it's good. I, I actually get kind of Oak Hill spoiled because I'm in Rochester Rotary, and uh, we have our lunch at Oak Hill every Tuesday, so I get to eat Oak Hill food every Tuesday. It is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. I, I typically don't eat at a lot of the fundraising auctions because it's like... Here, let me shut. You know, this yeah, yeah. Play down and It'll then, get and you then, tired. And then, it, yeah. well, or, the, or you're immediately up on stage. Yeah. And I'm so you know, you want to like burp or something. And yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. The, or I don't know. I've you done know, it. It's like, okay. So, so. Uh, <laughs> do you do you get nervous ever? Oh, I'm a, I'm a little shaky before everything I do, and I and I think that's good. Um, <laughs> my dad always said that that's good. It means you care. You know what? You, it right? is good to be. If you have, I mean, being scared is not good. You're not scared. Being, I don't want to say I'm scared. I'm not no, scared. No, no, no. That's like what I'm a, saying. That that it wouldn't be good if you were so nervous. But it will also, I don't think it's good if you're so comfortable. Because to tell you the truth, I've emceed enough things now at this point that sometimes I'm too comfortable. Yeah. And I and I realize you're too, comfortable, you're too loose. Or you're too, too loose, yeah. and and maybe like because I'm so comfortable, I'm like not. I like. I've had a couple where I, I'm a little regretful on my way home where I'm thinking like, that's a big night for those people. It's They're taking it very seriously. And I kind of showed up like, hey, everyone, how's it going? I'm Paulie. Let's make a couple jokes. So who are we here for anyway? <laughs> All right. Let's raise money for the kids, you know? And then I'm like, that was not cool, man. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But, but when I have just a tiny pit in my stomach, just a tiny uh-huh. bit, is where I'm at my best. Yeah. Got to be just a little nervous. Absolutely. Yeah. Keeps you on... Um, sharp, like on it edge does. a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I just think, I mean, I, now that I've seen it, you know, I'm like, it's, it's. I see the next level. I understand, obviously, you don't when you are running a gala, you don't want to add expenses. But I also see how adding you, it might add a small expense, but it probably also it exceeds what the bottom line is going to yeah, be. Yeah, and, so. and the biggest thing that I, um, my my favorite thing, the biggest thing that we do for, uh, which which you saw was is um, paddle raises. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if they. We if will. We'll do that. it that night. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot of them. You know, it's as of a few years ago. Most of the nonprofits, most of the gallons I did only relied on silent auction and live auction. A yeah. lot of them I introduced the paddle race to, um, which is. If anybody doesn't know, like where you just are asking for monetary donations, yeah. you put your cards up and you're just donating. Yeah. Do um, you find what I have always found with that is if you can assign an exact like thing, like okay, raise your paddle for a thousand dollars. One thousand dollars is enough to provide one week for a child to attend the Sunshine Camp. Yes. Yes. Like I, that. I think giving uh, or having one very specific goal in mind at the end. Yeah. Even, you know so. Um, you probably know the Smith Opera House in Geneva. Yeah, uh, yeah. is a it's a very it's an iconic theater downtown Geneva. Um, and I've helped them for years now, um, which is is really cool because I can remember being like little and like doing a dance recital on that stage, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm like up there like helping really just keep it up, keep it going. And the, and last year their big thing was um, raising enough money to to put a uh, platform in for wheelchairs. And like that was the goal, like very specific, yeah. but to always cons- to always have a work. very specific goal because then they can see the fruits of that labor, yep. right? You can you see that they they it was just in the newspaper I think this week like they're putting that in like they're yep. like they're following through like this is what we raise money for and this is what we're doing with it. It's it's obvious and I can't pretend I made that up. It was um, we when I used to do the radiothon when I worked in radio at, at Colasano Children's Hospital they would bring in a professional like fundraising company to coach us on how to do it and it would you know w- that's what we would do we would mm-hmm. be like we need seven hundred dollars seven hundred dollar donation right now buys uh, one of those 
uh, hospital beds that looks like a car yeah. that, the kid, that makes a kid going to the emergency or going to the operating room think it's a fun game instead of like a regular hospital bed where they're like, oh my God, I'm going to the operating room. Yeah. $700 buys one of those. We need two of them. We need two of them on the fifth floor here at Goss Hunnell Children's Hospital. Yeah, and when you get that specific, specific, you get it. Mm-hmm. That's you get The the yeah. other nice little trick, and tell me if you agree or disagree, but I, we've done this a few times. It seems to be working is if you get word ahead of time, which oftentimes I do that so-and-so is going to raise their paddle for $10,000 or $5,000. You say, you know what? Instead of them doing it, let's do it as a, a match. Let's say that they'll match 10 $1,000 donations. And then I find it easier to get the $1,000 paddles to go up because we have so-and-so who's going to match that and mm-hmm. make it 20000 So if we get to ten. Johnny over here is going to turn it into 20. Have you found, I found I, that to work a little. It, it abs- You know, it depends on the crowd. It okay. really depends on the crowd. And it also depends on the organization of where they want to get started. Do they want to say, you know, we're going to start high tonight. We're going to start $10,000. And then and then not say that you, you already know you have a $10,000 one. Yeah. But to give that, because sometimes starting high, I've seen this where they say, well, I got one person that's going to get 10. Nobody else is. Yeah, Nobody right, right. else is. Right. Well, you know, when John sees Polly put his card up at ten thousand, he's thinking. Sure. And, they, and then you give him a minute. You might see a second ten thousand dollar donation. Like yeah. You just you never know until you ask. Yeah. So it, it can go both ways. I've also got ways too because that can get a little awkward when it gets quiet. Mm-hmm. And I've also got. I like to make it feel just a little bit awkward. Yeah, yeah. Because, it's great because you. It's it's never as awkward as you think it is up on stage. Carrie, I I've got this thing. It, it's not. It probably on the podcast. It's not going to kill, but in the room, it kills every time, and it works. Can't wait. So basically, you know, ten thousand dollars, and now it's quiet. Nobody's raising their panel, and just like you said, I'll let that go. Five. I mean, five or ten. That's a long time. Ten for seconds it to just is be a long time. Silent, in silence, especially when you're holding the microphone. Yes. I'll let it breathe for five or ten. Right, if we can get right to the, what happened, you lose my something. My chair's falling apart. Oh my god, <laughs> separating. <laughs> there we go. I'll let it. I'll let the the awkwardness build just a little bit. I'll try and feel it, and then I'll and then I'll slip in a little joke, something like, "Okay, folks, Plan B: lock the doors. Nobody leaves." <laughs> you know, and it'll break the tension, right? Like it just everyone in the room. And I feel like it, they it wouldn't laugh be- go very well for me because if they actually knew that we what we do for a living, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. they would be scared. <laughs> or else, or I'll say something like, "I'll be like, ladies and gentlemen, I will stay here all night. All night. <laughs> I will stand anywhere. right here all night unless I get another paddle." And it's just—it's not—they're not funny at all. But when the when you get three hundred people in an awkward, tension-filled pause, yeah. it's like it just breaks the tension and gets a laugh. Yeah, it, you know. Um, so that works. I like that. Can I give you a horror story? Okay. And do you have any horror stories? I I was just trying to think. I think I try to push them so far from my mind sometimes that I I actually forget about them. But I don't think I have I don't think I have too many. Um, Or I try to say or or something that's really difficult that we have to learn how to do sometimes is to say no to the situations that you feel that you have that gut feeling that you know could be a horror story. You mean, oh, you mean like, just no, this like, is not going to... Yeah, like like if, if maybe you're not the right fit or they're, yeah. or they're looking for the impossible. Um, mm. So, you you know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure it's always a good fit and that... that um, and, and most, 99.9%, you know, is a good fit, but... Um, yeah. You know, you you can you can always kind of have that feeling of something that um, yep. maybe you know that they're not going to be happy with and it's not going to go right, and then you just, sometimes you have to walk away from that. There's this one gala that I've emceed every year since probably about five, six years ago. And, you know, obviously missed one year with COVID, but five, six years. Um, and ever, and I know at this point now I've done their gala so many times, I know the paddle race should start at $5,000. They got a couple $5,000 in the room, no higher than that. I know that's where we start because I, I know we'll get that. Guy comes up to me, board member. I see him every year, see him around town once in a while. And he says, where are you starting the paddle raise at? And I said, probably five grand. He goes, okay, I'm in for 15. And I go, great, thank you. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. I get up on stage. It's time for the paddle raise. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we'd like to start the paddle raise at $15,000. Nothing. Silence. I let a few seconds go by. Finally, I make eye contact with him. I'm like, dude. And he's just staring at me like a deer in the headlights. And I'm like, and right in that moment, I realize he meant $1,500. He didn't mean $15,000. And I just realized in that moment, I'm like, oh, oh, I screwed up. 
I screwed this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a learning experience, yeah. though, right? But you know what? You know what? It could have a quick. It could always turn a different way too, because I have been in a room where uh, I think it was I think it was Boys and Girls Club just last year, um, and they said, "Let's start." We always start at we always start at five. We always start at five. And I had kind of a private conversation with someone who was a donor, and they thought just 7,500. 75, what a, it's kind of great, amazing. But I'm like, let's ask 10. Let's ask 10. Yeah. And they were like, don't ask 10. Don't ask 10. I said, I'm yeah. going to ask 10. Because I've learned if you don't ask, they won't get, like, yeah, you're you not going to get it. You, you don't know. You so don't I started know. 10, and I'm like trying to not do the eye contact thing with the person who I expected to do it. And a card from left field, like completely opposite per end of the room, who I was not expecting card up at yes. 10 and I'm like let's go to 7500 yeah. <laughs> like, you know damn like, right good job so, so you're you right it's similar to it's similar to sales if you have to like quote somebody a price and you quote the price and they just look at you and go, sounds good then you're like ah shit like you know yeah. I was <laughs> I was low same thing where right you know like if you you might if you started at 75 you, just what you said you just don't know mm-hmm. you don't know unless you try all right how long have I kept you here already I feel bad it's 45 oh minutes I'm sorry you're fine what else on that did we miss anything on the uh you brought you you came oh, prepared I, well, I I get a little nervous. I, I, I you know, I want to write a few things down. Yeah. I did want to want to talk about that really quick. I was the um, awarded the uh, no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> no. the uh, 2023 New York State Auctioneer of the Year. I am. You wanted to talk about that? Well, I was just going to gloss over that. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. What did that entail? Like, wh- uh, well, how I did they? You didn't. I didn't know about it. It's a complete surprise. Um, and it was at the New York State Auctioneer Convention, yeah. which was in yeah. Syracuse. Okay. And um, they, the the gentleman, he, they go up there and they'll start to talk about it. And they talk about this auctioneer. They never say like he or she. And they say they do this. And uh, they have been in the auction business. They have a family business. Well, that that's ninety percent of them. Yeah, so a it's lot, still not narrowing down. Most auctioneers are very like generational, like second, third generation, yeah. fourth generation. It's, it's not uncommon. Most auctioneers are auctioneer families. Yeah. And um, and then he said, and 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 they compete. I'm a, I've competed in a lot of auction competitions too. Yeah. But still, I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm like, I'm really. This is gonna sound kind of bad, but really, I thought I'm too young to get this, even yeah. though I'm not that yeah. young. But yeah. like in my head, you know, I'm. 25 still I'm 35 yeah um so i'm like i don't know i'm it can't be me and then and then he kind of got more into it and then they announced my name and i'm just like oh my you know like did wow. your dad know or was it a surprise to my, him too he knew because uh. my mom was in florida and then my mom comes walking in the back of the room and had flew in so he had had oh, her oh. come back home oh, so to he got tipped off me. and told her you need to be here for yeah this. and made sure that yeah. like because my husband and kids don't always come so my husband tim was there my two little girls yeah um and i was just like you know floored and i can remember being a senior in high school when i didn't want to go to the conference and they had to call my mom and say no she has you guys have to come they yeah. awarded my dad got yeah it. i saw he won in 2006 right yeah yeah so yeah. um so he got was, to brag for a while but now he doesn't get to brag yeah anymore. yeah so now i replaced my my awards right where you walk into the <laughs> into the auction gallery now when but you, uh, he he does get to brag anymore because he tells it's he tells everyone as soon as they buy, like he yeah. shows everybody. When oh, he's so proud. He's so proud. Yeah. Obviously, uh, when uh, you go up there and you accept your award and you give your speech, are you like, "Well, I'd like to thank everybody for this award. <laughs> this is a great award to win." No, it's, it's like a <laughs> like a try not to have your makeup smear, like cry, you know, because I'm just like, this is you know kind of emotional. Yeah. And, and there's not a lot of women that that have won that. Yeah. And, and you know get to do that. So it's you know what when I, I just think like a lot of women that are in male-dominated industries I always think that like sometimes you know you kind of got to work twice as much or, or keep up and, and work really hard because there's ton other guys that may be better than you at it so you have to like keep up and, and do better than them to kind of succeed I yeah. think that I think that could be the case in a yeah, lot of different totally. industries um, and uh, and uh, I feel confident that that, you do I, that that I've done that and continue totally. to do that and show my kids. You're that the auctioneer of the year. Thank you. <laughs> None of those dudes are auctioneer of the year. You're the auctioneer of the year. Yeah, be proud so, of yourself, man. I am. Thank you. Yeah, good job. Congratulations. Thank you. Anything else? What else? Any other awards or anything? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I can think of right now. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. I'm I think appreciate thrilled. you traveling all the way to Canandaigua it, for this. It's not that far, no, is it? No, no. It's like no. 
don't How far know. is Canada from Geneva? It's, it's not too less far. Less than 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. All there. right. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no big a, it was a big, it was a big haul. <laughs> Actually, my, um, and I have a, so I have two little girls, Lucy and Evie. I just want to make sure in case they listen. Yeah. Hi, girls. Hey. And my stepson, Skye, who is 18. He just started at FLCC. Nice. Um, and he lives in Irondequoit, but also now is starting to stay with us a little because Canada was right you know, here. closer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so whenever people are like, you made the haul out trash and stuff, it was like, we used, we used to drive there every week, you know? Yeah. So it's, totally. it's just... It's just like second nature. Carrie Hesney. I'm glad we finally did this. Thank you. Yeah. Me too. And I'll be in touch about Big Brothers Big Sisters. Absolutely. Good job. Thanks.